Awesome. Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Everybody, welcome to Author News Weekly, a weekly show for author and publishing news, of course. I'm joined here right now by two hosts, two co-hosts. We got Pippa and Jim, and we hope to have Nick join us in a minute, having some technical and technical difficulties and anger issues over technical <laughs> difficulties. I think we've all been there, and sometimes it could just drive us to the edge. Yeah. You just need to scream into the void before you can come back on the screen. That's right. <laughs> and I think that's a very healthy way to do it. Like screaming into the void is like one of the best ways to get over these kinds of things. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, the, I know, of the first news item that we're going to talk about today, where <laughs> I think uh, an author would have been better off having had screamed into the void. There's a lot of verb tenses there, but <laughs> let's dive into this first. So news. many subjunctives. I know, I know. Let's dive into this first news item. I We weren't originally going to cover it because it was just like a thing on Twitter, but in a little bit shared on Facebook, but then it got big enough to where USA Today picked it up and then a couple of other, and then once one picks it up, then the other ones pick it up. And so that's suddenly become like actual news that even like the non-author public will be hearing about. Yeah. So it's big. Yeah. We have an author, Susan Meachin, who passed away a couple of years ago, only it turns out that she didn't pass away at all. She faked her death. And worse, the worst thing is she faked her death by suicide, which is, so she did not kill herself, but there's so many levels of wrong and bad here. And uh, yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, what keeps getting me is I, as awful as it is, I can see making a snap decision and just being like maybe she had died, her family, or she was in the hospital, her family thought they were going to lose her. They made a post about it and not knowing how to recover from that. <clears throat> and that like a snap decision, you can make really bad ones in, in the moment. They committed to this for <laughs> two years. They committed hard they like talked with grieving fans about how they were grieving too and how they were never going to hear her voice again. They like posted memorial tributes. They, this was at some point, this stopped being any sort of emotional craziness and started being like deliberate and yeah. not in any legal sense, but fraud, a deception. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I don't know what to say. I, yeah, I am unsure what to say about this. The show, we as the show reached out to Susan Meachin and have asked her to come on to talk about this. I think that would be great. Susan, if you're listening, we would love for you to come on the show because all we've heard so far is everyone's opinions 
we don't really have a lot of information from you other than saying I'm back, let the fun begin, which was an odd choice of words. <laughs> and the situation in general, this is the craziest I've been publishing. I've been in the author game for a while. This is the craziest author thing I've ever seen. I thought cocky gate was the craziest thing I'd seen when that happened two or three years ago, but that was nothing compared to this. This is, I don't think cocky gate made rolling stone. I don't think cocky gate was on CNN and USA today, but this was within just a few hours of it happening. Yeah. I'm I, back. Let the fun begin is something the Joker would say. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also, it really doesn't help uh, fight certain stereotypes people have about romance authors. This doesn't help that. Uh, and I th would really like to know what happened. <laughs> I would, I'd like to hear from Susan. Susan, reach out to us. We want you on the show. We want your side Please, of the story. Susan. Please, Susan. We have a lot of questions. We do. There's so um, many questions. Some of the things that really, like Pippa said, like I can understand doing something in the moment, but like I would never, like, unless somebody had died, I would not actually post that they had died. So, like, you don't, that's not something you schedule. We assume she's going to die. So, we're going to schedule it. And then once it's been posted, you're like, oh, what are we going to do? We got to go with it. It doesn't really seem likely. No, and even if a person dies, it's not like you're waiting on social media. Okay. The doctor calls it publish. You, you don't have to run, rush out there. So it's just, it seems like to my mind, they thought this out or she thought this out and yeah, it, but it's so weird. Cause this is not her pen name. It's like, this is a real name. Like as far as we know. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point we're we're completely down the conjecture rabbit hole. And so what I can only think is, okay, this is taking a toll on mom's mental health. She's in the hospital right now. We're going to tell everyone that she's actually dead. And then she won't have a way to come back because like, she's never going to call us on it. And then like at some point maybe got angry and we're like, she really could have died. And then it would be all these people's fault and started like being really vengeful. And then, I don't know. I... Yeah. There was a lot of people very upset and I totally understandably because suicide is a very serious thing. And to, so to say that you died by suicide, and then apparently there were some people saying that they were accused of being the bullies yep. that, that drove her to suicide. So people were harassed or allegedly by her fans because. And family. And family. Yeah. Yeah. And family who yeah. of course knew she wasn't dead. Yeah. And then I think I saw something which was maybe like a year after the pretend death where the daughter posted something about sometimes I call my mom's cell phone so I can hear her voice because yeah. I'm never going to hear it again for in real life. I'm like, okay, that's that is... a serious commitment to this, uh, to this thing. Yep. It yeah. is intense. Yeah. And it doesn't really seem to have done, I don't know how much of this was done to, like you say, give her a break or I'm just done with this author thing because she soon after started a pen name, another pen name and like started that pen name over from scratch, which she could have done even if she had pretended to stay a lot or if she had. Brains. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's so many things. Yeah. So she could have still done that. She could have just disappeared. She could have, but whatever. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, but her book sales didn't seem to get much of a bump anyway. So apparently, yeah. so if this was a marketing, so if anyone out there is planning to fake your death to get a bump in your book sales, it probably won't work. 
you know, unless you're already super famous, in which case you're probably better off just not dying and continuing to write more books. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think the only one that rivals this is the, I've actually thought back now, there was one other that was tickling my mind. It was the woman that wrote about her husband's murder. The, yeah. And then was like arrested for it a little while later where they were like, damn, that, that seems to match up pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch this case unfold if it becomes a case, because there are people that are saying fraud, either just not maybe not legally fraud, but fraud nonetheless. There was money raised apparently on her behalf or on behalf of projects she was working on. It's not totally clear. And but my guess is that after all this and after it's hitting the news, somebody on some will there will be some sort of an investigation either from law enforcement or there will be a lawsuit which will force investigation from a legal perspective. And as I think this is pretty serious, fun begin. Let the fun begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure this will not be the last that we, uh, we talk about this one, but I think it can be the last that we talk about this for today since we're <laughs> mostly, mostly speculating. I want to talk about another one, which, which I'm actually, I think is super big from my perspective and also super mm -hmm. positive, which is Brandon Sanderson calling out audible on, in my words, a, their alleged poor treatment of authors from like a royalty perspective and from a lot of other things. And I think this is. I think it's huge news that somebody with Brandon Sanderson's clout would say, I don't believe, I believe that Audible is mistreating authors and I'm not going to publish my books there right now because I want to send a message. Yeah. yeah. Really the only thing that came to me was that book file, audiobook files are so much bigger in terms of hosting space than an ebook file. So there's a lot more data transfer and then data transfer costs. That said, this is the second time someone has pointed out that Audible has been systematically and deliberately ripping off authors. So they, this really is something they need to explain more than anything else. <clears throat> Yeah. I've been a big fan of Brandon Sanderson for many years. His books are dope. He's a really good guy too. There's a whole series on YouTube where he taught a college class and he allowed his students to record the whole class every session. And I watched a whole semester. He's got great advice. He's just a really good dude. And the thing about this is that I don't think most people will care that Audible is squeezing indie authors. I think there's a lot of people out there who would have the perception of, oh, if they don't like that, they should try traditional publishing where they'll get less money. But <laughs> Brandon Sanderson calling this out and withholding his books from Audible is nice. If he could get Stephen King and Margaret Atwood and all the, if he could get a whole bunch of other really big authors to do the same thing, then maybe the needle would move because Amazon is a big evil. Uh, and he might, yeah. Novel. He might. Yeah. He and might. I do want to put out there, really good dude, putting his money where his mouth is. Absolutely. Like, I'm really grateful that he's doing this. 
And as someone who I am exclusive to Amazon, I'm exclusive to KDP, I'm exclusive to Audible, but even as someone who's exclusive, I want Amazon's competitors to do really well. I want Apple books to do well. I want Spotify to do well with audiobooks. I want all these other companies to do well because it's the only way to keep Amazon honest. If Amazon continues to beat all these other companies, it's going to continue to set the rules. And that's the problem. Yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jim, but a lot of people are exclusive to Amazon because in order to get in some of their programs, like you have to be exclusive. And so, and they make it so financially so bad for you to be out of that program. So for certain genres like thrillers, some types of romance, like if you're not in KDP select, which is the Kindle unlimited for readers, like your book might not, may not thrive. Right. So people are willing to be exclusive and not put their books somewhere else. So the, and similarly with, it's not as big of a deal now, but being exclusive to Amazon ACX or ACX through ACX being exclusive to Audible. I don't think it's as big of a deal to be exclusive there now versus going wide. But at the time when you enrolled all your books, it certainly was. Like, oh no. And it still is. He's pointing out because you only get 25% of the sale price. Most people are actually losing money for every Audible book they sell if they are not exclusive. Yeah, but that 40%, like I worked for a small publisher and we helped them take all of their books from exclusive to non-exclusive and then go wide. And when we really dove, dug into the the numbers, even at 40%, like they're making so little. So it was only the volume of sales that was really doing it. Like when you got a book by the based on the credit then it was like, so it's like the sale price was $14. Or if you got it, the whisper sync, it was like at the time you'd get it for $3.99 or $3.29, something like this really low price. And you're only getting 40% of the part of that was left over after all the costs were taken. So it was like this really like sliver of those things. So when they took their books wide, it didn't take very many sales on the other platforms to make up for that difference of 15% of a tiny little sliver to begin with. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but some of her books were locked in because she had a, she had a royalty share with a narrator and the things are different, but Jim, I totally agree with you. The general public won't care, but maybe Brandon Sanderson's fans will care enough to go, you know what, I'm going to listen to him and I want to buy this book. So I'm going to start buying it over here. I could see Stephen King getting on board. I could see Neil Gaiman getting on board. Yeah. Like there are a few of the trad authors that I think. Like all those people that tweeted that person's, you know, who yeah. <laughs> people showed up for their book sign for her book signing, all those people who retweeted that, if they could. Hey, I got screwed over by Amazon too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so some of them are, I think this could be like the beginning of something. And so we always have to say, this is a big thing. It may not lead to something, but the fact that somebody's doing these things is like the first step because now if other big name authors, um, like, like you and Nick see these things happening, you're going to, I can get on board with that too. I'm going to do that. And then pretty soon, like a significant number of them, and maybe Amazon takes notice of that. It was certainly, yeah. they did take notice when a lot of people started arguing about pushing back on their return policies. 
right? The general yeah. public is against those return policies changes. <laughs> and they did it anyway, because the Authors Guild and some of these other author focused organizations and big some of the big name authors called them out on it. Yeah, I think what's important to remember is at least as of a few years ago, book sales were something like 1% or less than 1% of Amazon's revenue stream. So it's an incredibly, you're not going to make a dent, even as a very big name author with, with those numbers. But what you can do is make Amazon look really bad. And if you have a whole bunch of really big authors and be like, oh, no, now none of the giant thriller authors are on Audible and we have 800 angry emails every day, then it looks bad. Then it's actually making news. Then it's... And so that's where I think the pressure comes in is that it's it's an image thing, not a revenue thing. Yeah. Maybe those other authors aren't allowed to talk about it. We don't know if Amazon has deals with the big five to include certain NDAs or certain things to say, don't let your authors badmouth us. Maybe Brandon Sanderson has that and he just doesn't care. Maybe. I could see that happening. Also, Brandon Sanderson is one of the few that is doing things as an indie author and as well as a traditionally published mm -hmm. author. So like these books are, he's handling them himself, right? Yeah, I, the other ones, like if he just had the, yeah, his, I suppose. his publisher doing it, he can't say anything about those. Those books are going to still be on Amazon. He is very specific, Jim. You're right. He's super specific about his negotiations this time. He doesn't say anything about any of the other books and also brandon sanderson after recently having a two million dollar kickstarter he's probably feeling pretty emboldened right now probably feeling like he doesn't quite need the publishers as much as he used to if he's holy crap i can make two million just by putting up a website and asking people to come to it 40 41 million jim 41 million <laughs> I'm yeah, Brandon Sanderson, my coffee after this. And... He's feeling his oats. He's going to tell everyone he wants to F off because he realizes he doesn't have to. He doesn't yeah. need them anymore. Yeah. And he said that. So he goes, I realize I made a lot of money on this. This is not like a huge. You might think this is not a huge thing. He's got a big company to feed as well. It's not just he doesn't get that 41 million just to himself. He needs right. all for the books. He's got 20 people, like a 20 person company plus fulfillment center, like all these things. So he is a publishing house in and, out, in and of himself. I don't know. I hope he embraces it and keeps going and a start. I think it's a start. Yeah. 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 Um, really interested to see some of the, I had not, I had heard of, I think it's speechify is the other thing. I'm, and he, I had not, I had heard of it tangentially before, but that's one of the platforms that he's going to be releasing the book on. And Spotify is the other one, which has been interesting. Like, so he said that he doesn't, he can't disclose the deal that he made with Spotify, but he is, he did make a deal with Speechify that he said he would only deal, he would only agree to if they were able to give indie authors the same deal. So they were going to give him a hundred percent. And he said, no, I'll take the, I want the 70%. So you guys can make some money. And so also that you can offer the same deal to indie authors. And I can say, you can have the same deal that Brandon Sanderson did. So I think that was cool. Also, that was a ballsy marketing move on Speechify's part that was like, we're going to be the home of the Brandon Sanderson book that's not on Audible. Come yeah. on, people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of these things are like some of these companies, like I'm sure Spotify's happy because this will be like a sort of like their lead magnet. Like you get 
Brandon Sanderson. And then they're going to start, if you can get somebody, because the biggest thing for a lot of these things, the biggest holdout is getting somebody to make the first book purchase because they're at the first book purchase, there's stumbling blocks, right? Yeah. And put your credit card in all of that card, stuff. Figuring it out okay, and all that. So having the ability, like having them and a very big incentive for them to make that first click, that first purchase is huge because mm -hmm. the second ones will just come after that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I can't wait to see what happens on both of these news stories. And we will yeah. let the fun begin. Yeah. Thank you all for <laughs> that's our new show model. <laughs> fun fun begin. Begin. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for joining me this week. And uh, we won't put any words in Nick's mouth, but um, we'll have more people to we'll talk just make about him the do the entire next, next show. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yelling into the void. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody from Author News Weekly. Have a great Bye. week of writing. Bye.